0: Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship.
1: You're alive. What do you want to experience? What do you want to learn? What do you want to do? What's your bucket list? I was trying to recreate my bucket list. I've already dinged out, like I'm done most of it, you know? You know, it's just like, now there's gonna be more epic stuff to be done. I got a few things, but I'm like, oh man, I've, I've hit that. And so, you know, you just figure out what is success for you, but what's happening is it's just very one-sided where we're shifted to material gain and acquisition and scaling and 10X and all, and all of that is horseshit. Like, yes, you wanna be successful in business because what do you want? You want a roof over your head and you wanna go eat food. Great, but who gives a shit? You are alive in the greatest mystery of like ever that we could possibly imagine. You have all of the power within you to experience things that only you can create in your mind that are completely magical. And you want to tell me about how you want to make more money in your bank account so you can you know, get a better drink and a better car and a better suit. It's ridiculous.
0: Welcome back to the Woken Wired podcast where we discuss Living in this digital world and being connected both outwardly through technology and social media and inwardly through spiritual and personal development practices that make you feel more alive and help you create a bigger impact in whatever it is that you do in the world. I am just coming out of some time of traveling to Guatemala, which you may have seen on my Instagram, as well as going on the Upside Business Retreat Upstate And honestly, I'm in this space where I'm just really called to take a step away or to the side from social media. And I'm currently looking for a place in nature, a cabin of some sorts or a retreat to go and re-plug inwards and unplug a little bit outwards. I know I'm not the only one feeling this way. And as someone who makes all the money on social media through brand partnerships, with my business, Breakfast Criminals, it's an interesting position to be in where my whole life, my business, my income, my rent, everything depends on social media. And yet I'm in a place where I know that for the next level of expansion, what's going to serve me the most is taking a pause. So I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but you are the first to hear about it and I'll keep you posted I'm all about exploring ways where we can really utilize the magic and the power of technology, but not let it run our lives instead of our hearts. So this week's episode is with Matt Belair, who is a best-selling author, coach, athlete, traveler, and the host of Master Mind, Body, and Spirit show. He has tracked Mount Everest, trained with 34th generation Shaolin Kung Fu masters in China. I'm not sure what 34th means, but sounds uh, legit. Uh, He meditated with monks in Nepal and taught snowboarding around the world. He is into personal development, consciousness, human optimization, and he is someone who explores expansion beyond peak performance and flow state. He approaches the question of what it means to be a winner and what it means to make a lasting impact in the world through the prism of consciousness and the practices and the self-mastery that it takes to really achieve your highest potential. I'll tell you in the podcast, in our conversation, how exactly I found Matt, and you'll get right away why I invited him to be a guest on this show. I am so blown away and inspired by this conversation I highly suggest that you listen to the very end because there's some gems in the very last minutes of our conversation that are just everything you need to know to feel inspired, motivated, and take off the burden of trying to be someone you're not. He tested so many different methods to optimize our human performance through his own experience from meditation to visualization, psychology, neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, sports performance, and of course developing intuition, psychic abilities, astral projection and also law of attraction. All the things that I am so fascinated by. In this conversation we talk about the incredible power of kindness. Did I just say about with a Canadian accent? That's hilarious. Anyway, we talk about the power of kindness and how it actually can change your frequency and your life experience through building a certain electromagnetic field in and around your body. Three simple acts of kindness every single day can completely transform your life. I think it's such an important message, especially in the holiday season when we're swept away with things to do and travel and gift giving. I especially timed this episode to come out now during the holidays to just maybe a little bit more help you connect to your deepest truth within, to your intuition, and to your heart. We talk about his path from being a snowboarding coach and being totally broke to hosting a super, super successful podcast and talking to some of today's thought leaders in the fields of spirituality. Anyone's path is not a before and after, but it's a constant work in progress, alignment, and really doing what you love every single day is so much more important than what's in your bank account. And yes, there's nothing wrong with wanting abundance, with wanting wealth, because it does make a difference, but there's so much more power in living your life as an aligned, conscious, and kind human. And we also talk about biohacking and scaling, being horseshit unless you're kind and aligned. We also talked about the power of rituals, especially morning rituals, and how setting an intention is the most important thing you can do in the morning. Guys, I tell you about this all the time if you follow me on Breakfast Criminals. I love that Matt supports that as well. So listen to the very end. Please share your takeaways with me. I love this episode so much. If you're enjoying it, definitely take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories, tag at WokenWired and, and at Matt Belair, and let us know what you're taking away from this. I hope you enjoy this show, and if you do, please pause right now before my conversation with Matt begins and leave a rating and a review over on the iTunes app, and maybe send it to a friend who you think will enjoy this as well. I am sending you all the best holiday wishes. And I'll keep you updated on whether I'm going to be taking a little break from all technology or not. You'll be the first to know right here. Thanks for being here with me. All right. I have Matt Belair with me of Zen Athlete. I am so stoked, Matt, to have you on and talk about consciousness, spirituality, podcasting, entrepreneurship, all the things. And... I'm going to start by sharing with everyone how I found you. So I actually found you through the search in the podcast app as I was looking for combo medicine, information on combo medicine, the frog medicine. And yours was one of the first that came up and I started listening to it. And I, first I was really moved by, I was walking around. I think that day I was donating some stuff to Goodwill around the corner, dragging big bags back and forth and what really just like shook me up and moved me and stopped me in my tracks is that your podcast started with an invocation of sorts. So it's like this, whether you call it a universal prayer or an invocation, it's this call to really tune into your breath and for the recording, for the conversation shared in your podcast in every single episode to be for the highest good of everyone. And I was very moved by that. I was like, who is this guy? I need to know more. So I did find out a little more about you. Turns out you have a top rated podcast in the religion and spirituality category. You're an author and all the things. So we're going to get into all of that. But I'm going to start with my traditional question, which is, Matt, what is making you feel woke?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. And I'm I'm glad that uh the podcast could help. It's funny because the meditation at the beginning is um something that I'm curious if people listen to. I was like, I wonder if I'm wasting their time. I was like, I'm just gonna do it anyway. So I'm really glad that you enjoy it. And I just feel like, you know, it's an opportunity just to come to peace and presence mm-hmm. and, and it's to teach people that they can. You know, affect their own consciousness. Like if you're down a spiral of anxiety or depression, you really just need to do three deep breaths and you can reset that at that moment. So I'm glad that that had an effect. So good.
0: It did. And again, today it keeps having an effect. That's the thing. You know, there was another podcast I was actually listening to a long time ago about shamanism that started with the lawn and vacation in the beginning. And for me, that was like the juicy part. That's where I plug in, that's where I tune in, and that could be the best part of my day. And other friends I had spoken to were like, oh, I always fast forward that because it just takes too long and it's so annoying and it's always the same. So I think it's to each its own. And it also is this medicine that, you know, it needs to be the perfect time and perfect space for it. For me, I can tell you it works. And I appreciate that you do it.
1: Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, I think it is a split divide. And yeah, if you don't like it, you can definitely fast forward it. So (laughs) that's, that's, that's always an option. Always with Tim Ferriss, too. I would always like fast forward that until I got to the interview. So yeah, whatever, whatever way you want to go about it. So the question is, what's making me feel woke? Correct. Well, i the, my first thought about that is an interesting question because like feel, feel woke, like the, to define that, and distinguish that, um, like, cause I've actually had that discussion with a few people recently about the word woke and what it means and all that kind of stuff. For me, my interpretation of that, it'd be like, uh, that would come in the mind, I guess, like, you know, understanding or being, you know, being woke. And for me at this point right now, like if you define it as like awakened or aware or connected or, you know, that's kind of how I'm perceiving it right now. I would say that it's doing three kind acts a day. And in that action, it doesn't really matter, you know, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, how many books you've read, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, if you're, whatever the case is, if you're, you know, if you meditated that day, if you can do yoga or you can't, if you do three kind acts a day and you go out of your way to do them, this is a teaching I learned from Native American elder, David Lombert Senepas, who is an extraordinary teacher. And he was taught by over 600 elders on the side of the mountain. And he's basically the spiritual, he's a sage the spiritual seer and hearer of the Mi'kmaq people. That was the most profound teaching I had spending the summer with him. And some of his stories, if you listen to the podcast with him, are just like super mind blowing. He talks about Atlantis and he talks about sky people. He talks about all kinds of stuff, but that lesson right there, like being, you know, being awakened or conscious or aware when you do those kind of actions, that's that awareness and action. And so that's something that this summer I've really made a point to do. And I've been doing it kind of ever since we really got connected and I really started to dive into his teachings. So it's, I think a long way to answer it, but that's, that's the answer.
0: That's so interesting because anyone who is familiar with your podcast and if you guys are not definitely go search Matt Belair and just scroll through all the incredible episodes that are out there. And there's so many different topics and tools and techniques that you cover with your guests. And the one that you're bringing up is such a simple one, just acts of kindness.
1: Yeah. You know, (laughs) it is really simple. You know, David, I, I see myself as like a, an explorer of the world and also of teachers like if jesus is here or buddha is here or nikola tesla is here i want to find them who who's on the planet right now that is doing the greatest thing to change the world or who is a living ascended master do we have a yogananda here Who who's here and so i'm constantly seeking to see if these people are there so I can learn from them because I want to learn from the best. I want to learn from you know the people who have the real knowledge. And so when I heard David Lone speak, it was really mind blowing and stayed connected and stayed connected. And it's funny because his teachings can be super mind blowing where he'll, he'll go and say, oh, Atlantis is in our history. He has a 20,000 year oral history that's passed down. And he's like, Atlantis in our history is a spaceship. And there's like, 12 other spaceships. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's, that's wild. But when you listen to him teach, he's always talking about kind actions. And he's like, if you want to evolve your consciousness, if you want to, you know, do the biohacking or turn on your DNA and all the things that you people talk about now. And he's basically talking about us, the white people. He's just like, uh, you know, do three kind acts. He's like, that's the closest thing you're going to get to that because that's spiritual uh, knowledge and action and motion, right? You could meditate on peace or you could do something. You could. Think about helping the old lady across the street or he could actually do it, so in his culture and in his teachings there's a very firm idea that you, that the there needs to be an action and that's showing mastery and, and it just it's so simple it makes perfect sense he's uh, one of the expressions he used was a lot of you guys are so heavenly minded but you're no earthly good mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know so since doing those things and actually encouraging others, some people have had some really profound experiences and I Call it like a universal wink. So I give a challenge to do three kind acts a day for a week. Go out of your way to do them, and you might get a universal wink. And what that is is something weird that will happen that will be just for you, and you'll know it's like the universe, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, that was weird." But you'll you won't be able to ignore it. And it's happened to quite. It doesn't happen to everybody, but I have had some feedback of people being like, "Okay, man, like I did it, and yes, something weird happened." And I'm like, "Right on," because I think that the action. And when you're doing it, it's kind of the universe being like, there you go. Now you're on the right track. Like, you don't need to read another book. You don't need to do another meditation. You don't need to go to Nepal and meditate with monks, which I did. Um, and I did all those things and I tried to read all the books, but it's like a philosophy. It's an ideology, it's perspectives, and they're all useful, but it really doesn't matter what my perspective or state of mind is in. If I'm being kind, if I ask somebody's name, if I pay it forward, if I pick up a piece of trash, it doesn't matter what my ideology is that that kindness, that spiritual action is right there in that moment. And that kind of transcends, what I may be thinking at that time, right? Like right. you could be a Christian, you could be a Muslim, you could be an atheist. It doesn't matter. You, you do the action and there's a real thing that happens.
0: So can you give me an example of those kind of three acts and what kind of a wink from a universe that you have actually experienced?
1: Sure. Yeah. So the teaching is do three kind acts a day, go out, go out of your way to do it. And uh, don't tell anybody because uh, it creates an actual electromagnetic charge. And in his, in his teachings, we're in, a, there's only one energy here and it's electricity and we're in an electromagnetic environment and so when you're doing these things you're actually building up electromagnetism in the body a higher state you know you're you're activating the body and so when I, he first told me i was like well what the heck can i do the only thing i can think of is pay it forward you know i can't even think of anything else and he's like well you can get somebody's name i was like that counts he's like yeah Counts. He's just like your people don't even talk mm-hmm. to each other anymore. It's like that's true. So you know, you get somebody's name that counts. You pick up a piece of trash that counts. You can write a letter to a friend or somebody you haven't talked to. You can hold the door open. All these simple things. One of the creative ones I like, which I think is really funny, I I figured out one day is when I was at the grocery store. There's somebody behind me, and I try to find something like like cool, like ice cream or chocolate or whatever, something that they really want. And I was like, Hey, can I see that for a second? And I grab it and I scan it. And then I just go free ice cream day. (laughs) And I cheer and give them a high five. People love it. They think it's really weird at first. They don't know what you're doing. So silly things like that, you know, giving money to homeless, but giving you know, this was an interesting teaching because we were doing a teaching at my friend Bruce's house and Bruce is amazing. He's a clinical psychologist. He has studied with the psychotherapy. I think psychologist is the right word for it. I never know. He he studied with the highest level lamas and Buddhists on the planet, like forever. Bruce is an absolute G. His bookshelf is incredible. And, you know, David was doing a teaching at his house, right? And it was such a simple teaching. But one of the things he said in there, he's like, you know, how often do you give any money to homeless, right? And he's just like, well, sometimes he's like, do you get their names? He's like, no. He's like, well, you know, why don't you get their names? You know, and th- that simple act of humanity, you know, we talk about all these spiritual concepts, leaving the body, astral projection, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, what about just giving like a buck and saying, hey, what's your name? It's like Tim, you know, but we have all these stories and these things. And so, you know, that's two right there. You know, it's not about racking up acts of kindness. Like uh, it's just about changing your way of of navigating in the world, you know, so to speak, you know, and and being more in the world. And that's a lot of their teaching too. being more in the world, more engaged, more engaged with the community. You know, hi, how are you today? The person that's giving me a coffee, you know, he pay it forward. And then, you know, you see a homeless person. And you give them a couple bucks and you get their name and you get their story. Just it it makes it more human. And it just it does make sense from the highest level spiritual teachings as well. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So what it's bringing up as you're speaking, one is that I am aware that a lot of the biohacking practices and the consciousness conversation does, like you said, center around ourselves. And yes, I firmly believe that when we invest that time into aligning our own personal energy, we create bigger impact in the world. And at the same time, if we're still consumed by bettering ourselves that we don't notice someone around us who needs attention or help or love, then what's the point? And with that, you know your ice cream example, it's funny, but I actually, just a couple of days ago, had a similar experience where I was at a deli here in Brooklyn and this girl was on the phone and and choosing ice cream. And she was telling her friend how, oh, I don't see vegan ice cream, so I'm going to have to buy the dairy one and then suffer. And then I saw that they had one more jar of my favorite dairy-free ice cream. And I gave it to her. I'm like, this is the best one you can find in store. I highly recommend. You're not going to regret it. And she just like lit up. She's like, She bought it. She's like, I'm so excited to have it. Thank you so much. She saved my night. And for me, just that moment of connection with a stranger and being able to offer the tiniest act of of favor and value, it, it just really made my day and my week. That connection, and and it happens all the time. In a salad line, a sweet green, getting coffee or matcha. It's those connections for me that really make me feel alive. So it makes a lot of sense. And you know, immediately my question is, how do you not make it a game of just racking up those acts? Like once you're done with your three for the day, do you just switch that off or do you keep going?
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> well. Yeah, it's an interesting question, just because of the because of the necessity to ask it, and and where we are as human beings. You know, like I do a kindness challenge. Like, why do we need to do a kindness challenge? Why does it need to be taught? It's kind of, it's kind of right. ridiculous, but it does. And you know, when you shared your example, that's it. That's that's all it is. You know, self care is important. Understanding yourself. You know, the first three of his teachings are kindness, compassion, and happiness. You know you're kind to yourself and others. You're compassionate to yourself and others, and you you're happy. And that's knowing yourself. That's under that's all the personal stuff. It's self care, all those different things, right? And as you navigate the world, just you know be kind to others, and there'll be certain opportunities. You don't have to like go out of your way and kill yourself to do it. But there's plenty of opportunity to just be a good human being. And so it's like we need to be taught this again. So yeah, absolutely. The idea is you just become that way naturally, and it becomes your natural setting. You know, you, you'll you probably, you know, good people do, you know, three to five acts of kindness a day, but we're so disengaged right now, you know, on our telephones and we get a coffee, we don't look people in the eye. You know, these are big problems that we're facing and they're getting worse and, and people feel disconnected because we are disconnected as a culture. So we've got to bring back these most fundamental basic teachings of how to be a human being. And hopefully the idea is, yeah, it just becomes your natural way of life. But at first, just do three acts of kindness, go out of your way to do it and don't tell anybody. You do it for a week and you should kind of get the example, you know, oh, well, make sure I look people in the eyes when I go get a coffee or do a transaction or I, or I'm at a restaurant, get the server's name. Hi, you know what I mean? Like make it human. It's not a drone, you know, serving you this bot, right? It's an actual human being and create a connection. As you navigate, and that's how your universe will be. So you'll you'll start to change your universe, and you'll be really surprised on how magical that actually is for you and, and the effect you'll you'll notice on others. That's
0: so interesting. I actually am remembering now a conversation I had a couple of months ago. I was in this transformational retreat with Donnie Epstein and a couple of other really awesome teachers in Mexico for my 30th. And I had this conversation with a filmmaker who was there with us, Adrian. And one night we had a little bit of wine and he was sharing his life philosophy with me. And his life philosophy was all about being kind to everyone around you. He has this like whole formula that I can't remember right now exactly, but basically goes down to this idea that the more kindness you put out there, the more is going to come back to you. And it's like this universal circle. And he was giving me tangible examples of how it helped him get his first film into Sundance Festival, win the award at that first time just through being kind to people around him. So it's interesting, you know, once we do something in one area of our lives, it definitely impacts everything else. What has your experience been on how practicing that has affected not just your personal life, but also your business?
1: It's a good question. You know, we did a, a talk. So for the first time ever, a Zuni elder and a Megama elder came together to share some of their history. I met Clifford Mahuti separately from David Lomber Senapas, and they both have a 20,000 year oral wow. history. It's incredible. And when I talked to Clifford independently, he was saying some of the same stuff that David was independently. And I was just kind of trying to figure out like, holy smokes, you guys have some knowledge, right? Like, please share. And so... When they spoke in Sedona, David kind of blindsided me. He's like, hey, Matt, like you helped put this together. Can you please say some words? And I was like, oh, God, I got to speak to like a, a 80 or 100 people like, <laughs> and I'm not ready for this. Shoot. Um, so I got up and I, and I said a few words. But one of the things I think that that was important for me was was talking about like, you know. I've been on the spiritual path, I'd say, my whole life. I grew up a martial artist. I was really curious about, you know, what I was capable of, what humans were capable of. Martial arts is all about mind, body, and spirit. So you got to put your energy into crush the brick and being like the masculine form. I want to crush the brick. I didn't go into it thinking like, oh, I want to be spiritual. I'm like, I want to crush this brick as a kid. But I also had this spiritual sense where I knew that there was this force, you know, this whether you want to call it God, spirit, nature, universe, whatever you want. I knew I had that. I knew that there was something. I knew that I didn't die, and I still know that I don't die. Uh, but now I see it differently. I just know that I continue to exist in some form or another. And so I always had that. And in in reading spiritual books, like hundreds of them, different philosophies, Buddhism, Zen even christianity and all the other ascended masters yogis things like that enjoying those perspectives that's what I talked enjoying those things and when i met david like a couple years ago but really got into it this summer because i went out to maine to study with him and i like to be in person around the experts that's how i like to learn i like to really immerse myself in it to see uh, how much i can learn how much i can grow and how much i can you know absorb of whatever that information or teaching is so by, you know, the second or third month and and when I spoke in Sedona, I'd, I'd been there for a few months. And one of the things I said is like, I used to think that I was a kind and compassionate person and I was, but the actual actions that I take that are kind and compassionate, it's not even comparable. I did probably this summer more than I have in like three, you know, three years or five years because it's, you know, I'm going out of my way. I'm seeing opportunity. I'm, you know i'm i'm connecting with people and it just you know the difference that it's made is just how i navigate my life and just feeling more on track with with something that's so grounded because a lot of the research that i've done and what i've been really curious about is things like leaving the body, astral projection, you know, oneness, Christ consciousness, you know, you can go out in the new age world and see everything under the sun. And I, I probably done most of those things or know where their root is and where they're getting it from. Mm. Um, because that was the thing, but this teaching made it so much more grounded in this physical reality. And I think that was really a shift for me in understanding, you know, if I want to be of service to humanity, which I do you know, how I can make a greater impact. So that's, that's really how it affected me. It's really grounding me rather than launching me into like 5d space, which I try to get to, but knowing within myself that now it's more aligned, more impact is happening. And for me, I've been kind of in flow, I'd say for a very, very long time. I do my best and I watch my life unfold and there's tons of challenges. There's tons of beauty, but it just, it's a, it's an expansion and things take time. So I can't say that, you know, everything changed overnight. It's, you know, I kind of see where I am in the process and I, and I know where I'm going because I'm building it on purpose with intention.
0: And what's the most recent wink from the universe that you have received?
1: My most recent wink. Well, if you pay attention, you kind of get them all the time. And that's kind of the idea It's just like, being observant we're looking for this like multi-dimensional reality but if you pay attention there's like serendipity all over the place so just like it, and, and also too like i can say that i'd be like guilty of like oh you know i want to connect here and i want this like multi-dimensional angel experience which i've actually had a couple of very interesting uh, meditation experiences and life experiences where you know i go into the one generic term would be non local mind or god mind or whatever the heck it is and it's it's something else it is a very special experience but when when you start to see things a little bit differently is like life is the magic you know running down the street just really like basically what they teach in zen is like no like be here now more fully present and that's where the magic is that's where that universal connection is so you know a very simple one would be i got back from burning man and Burning Man was magic as it always is. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do now. And somebody hits me up. It's like fan of the podcast and says, hey, Matt, I don't know if you're in Vancouver, but Unify is doing this uh, global three-day event on peace. They're going to do an Acts of Kindness Day, Radical Acts of Compassion, give some stuff away. They're going to do a broadcast and they're going to do a meditation. And so I didn't know what I was going to do, but within, so then I get that message. And then another person connects me, then I show up. And then one of my good friends from Austin that I hadn't seen is there working at the event. So within a week, I'm like really back into the vibe. And that just shows like alignment. You know, it's just like you're, it's like this thing, like sometimes it'll start as subtle things, but sometimes it'll be a bit more obvious. And so I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but within a week, I'm in full on total alignment. And now I'm actually collaborating and working with Unify a bit on this. You know, they've done thousands of events across the world on global synchronized meditation, Women's uh, Women's Day, International Peace Day, World Spirit Day. So these guys are incredible and they're out of Vancouver and I did not know that. And so, you know, it was just like out of one thing, I knew I was going to study with the Native American elder. Now I'm like feeling a bit, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what am I going to do? And then uh, within a week, you know, that happens by staying in alignment. And so, you know, it was a, you know, a universal wink. It's just like, Hey man, you're on the right track. You're still, you're still, you're still, you know, in the stream to
0: that. I'm really sensing that alignment right now, like totally next level of expansion. And it's interesting. I just posted on Instagram the other day, this idea of really surrounding ourselves with people who are going to help us and challenge ourselves and, and really step into the next big version of ourselves. And then turns out this new moon is all about the same. And I got so many messages from people saying they feel the same way. So for me, one of the signs of me being in alignment is when I share myself and then people are just like, yes, I'm picking up on the same thing. And there's a sense of connection and community immediately. But back to your alignment. I'm curious if we were to go back in time and tell Jan Mathbeler, who is a into martial arts, who's a young boy, that you would get excited some years from now, you get so stoked to talk about compassion at a big summit. Would you have expected that? Or you'd be a little shocked?
1: I would know that that makes sense. So for I didn't know this. So I didn't know that I was different from all of my friends until university. I thought everybody thought the same way that I did. And then when everybody started going to university and we're starting to go, you know, navigate in the world and how we create ourselves, I was doing it very differently. I wanted to go snowboarding. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to see what life was all about you know, and people were like, oh, that's like risky and and all these different things. Like I was like, oh, interesting. And then from doing the podcast, a lot of people would say, you know, what is the, what was the turning point that made you want to research all this stuff? And that's when I realized that I was a little bit different in that way too, because a lot of people had like an awakening experience or they had trauma or they had an illness or they had some sort of event that radically switched their life. But mine has always been this way. And I actually have in Um, one of my, my mom was bringing this up, but I do remember I've been taking a journal for a long time, but when I was, uh, you know, early, early teens, I was just curious how we still had war. And I was like, how do we bring peace onto this planet? You know, why is nobody talking about peace? Why does nobody give a shit? Why does everybody think that this has to be the way it is? And so I researched it. And then I always had like this spiritual aspect. I always knew that there was like a, a force, a God, like nature, universe, whatever. But, you know, I, I grew up a Christian. I was like, this doesn't make any sense because why would somebody super compassionate, you know, have you burn in hell for all of eternity? Like there's these loopholes that didn't make any sense. And so I began to study religions as well. And, and, and how do I connect with God within and martial arts is all about going within. So I can remember when I was kind of going through these processes of learning and unlearning in my teenage years, I, I, I kind of wrote a few things along the lines of, I want to help improve the education system. In the way we're thinking now, because I studied hypnosis, persuasion, mass persuasion, and you know, it's my belief from my research that you know, school really focuses on the intellectual left brain to kind of box it in, having memorized facts, but doesn't really teach you like thinking and emotional intelligence and, and art and all these beautiful things that can help you live a fulfilling life. Like there's a reason for that, and they do it on purpose. And through hypnosis and through persuasion through media, you can actually hypnotize groups of people quite easily. It's actually kind of shocking. And the other thing was I want to help people reconnect spirit to, you know, God or that that higher force that, like, if you're by yourself in the woods and something terrible is going to happen and you're, like, falling off a cliff, you could be an atheist. You're going to be like, oh, my God, God, please help. Or if there's, like, a lion, gonna you're going to call it to something. So there, we have this, like, we all know we're going to die, but we don't really look at that. And we don't – we're aware of our impermanence. And so then, you know, what is this higher thing? What is this higher force? What's growing the trees? What's beating your heart when you're sleeping? What's connecting all life? What is this force or what are we doing? What the hell is the meaning of life? Why am I alive? What is the, you know, like these, are, why is there questioning that? Why the heck am I alive? What am I doing here? <laughs> and so I just wanted to, I knew that I think there needed to be a different connection to spirit because, you know, there's so many of these different religions. You know, it's like, oh, well, which one do you pick? And then you pick one, and there's something in there that you don't like. So you disregard God or spirit all in there. And when you say God, uh, you know, some people will think of a bearded guy in the sky with a gray beard. Some people will think of, I mean, an eight armed Hindu person, right? But we got to read it, we got to figure out what that connection is beyond the story and then beyond the individual telling the story because there is that life force in you. And if you can kind of cut through all the baloney, you can have a very powerful connection with yourself and and spirit and god in your own way and i think that when you find that for yourself in your own way your life changes immediately and it's important and then you can actually work with that force and it's like working with you know spiritual avengers it's working with a with a benevolent team that is on your side that is trying to help you and you have to start working with it to know that it's real and you have to take leaps of faith to know that it's real or you won't
0: i mean the spirit team
1: yeah, spirit, team, God, force, nature, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, totally.
0: So interesting you bring that up.
1: So yeah, so, so it would make sense. It would, yeah, it wouldn't shock. First,
0: I totally resonate what you're saying about growing up and just knowing there's something else and there's something bigger. I grew up in Russia, in Moscow, and I just never felt like I belonged there. And anytime I would meet an adult who would tell me about Kundalini Or Qigong or breath work. I would just be like, yes, yes, more of that, more of that. What is this? I need to know. So I innately was just always drawn to this work. And I think it's so awesome now that just more and more people are awakening to these ideas and this way of living. And people start getting into this at such younger ages. And I think it's just phenomenal. And, you know, it's one thing to be interested in spirituality in that connection that's beyond ourselves. But it's another thing like yourself to have that courage to share and document your journey with so many people. How, at what point were you called or guided start to create your podcast and share it with the world?
1: Yeah, that's a good question too. You know, I, for me, I was, I was in Whistler and I wanted to go snowboarding. So that's kind of how it started. I wanted to go I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I just knew I wanted to travel, learn, explore, and I knew I wanted to go snowboarding. So I ended up in Whistler. I snowboarded for eight years and was an international snowboard coach for a while. And then after that, I wanted to travel the world and I wanted to learn from masters. So I wanted to be enlightened. So I uh, you know, I figured I'd go hang out with uh, Tibetan monks and hang out with them. And so I ended up going to Nepal. I wanted to learn martial arts. So I went to a professional MMA camp in Thailand, and then I wanted to learn from Shaolin Masters as well. So I actually went to China and trained with 34th generation Shaolin Masters. And so that was the first big, huge, like a trip as an adult and like, you know, a huge bucket list thing to be around these world leaders as I perceive them and have the experiences that I wanted to have to grow within myself and my own understanding of life and what's possible and be directly immersed in different ideologies and and mastery. And so when I got back, you know, this was like common for me where, you know, no one ever really wanted to have a deep conversation about anything meaningful when I grew up really, you know, I was like the only one. And, um, you know, in my early twenties, one of my, best friends came out and he'd be like the only guy that we could kind of really just talk about life, the universe and different concepts and reality and whatever. And he was the only one. And then and then years later, there was another one and it's like 28. And it's like, oh my God, there's like literally only two of you guys that actually care to talk about anything that I think even matters. And so we started to throw out the idea of like, yo, we should record these conversations because nobody is talking about anything that's, and we could just share this with people. And so- we kind of rolled around with that for a little bit. And then finally it got to the point where my friend Anders, was like, Hey man, let's just record one of these. And I said, do you mind if I kind of pretend it's an interview? And I used the word pretend because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, Cause I think I might want to do more of these. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So that's when we launched the first one. And it's just myself and my friend Anders, who we always have deep, beautiful, meaningful conversations with. And then I was like, okay, maybe I could do this. And I reached out and I don't even remember why, but it was uh, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. I think I was like, had the four agreements. And I was like, oh, well, you know, Don Miguel Ruiz is probably too big. He was on Oprah. He's never gonna uh, hit me up. But his son is the lineage and he's a he's a master too from a master lineage and I appreciate his work. So maybe he's like, he's feasible to contact. So I get him and I actually, he accepts and comes on the show for number two, which is technically number one. And I kind of self sabotaged a bit because it was like two months out and I didn't put in my planner. And I was like, oh, this is kind of not even real. I don't know what I'm doing. And I woke up at nine, like 30 that morning, remembering it was 10 o'clock that day. And this was like a few months. I just woke up and was like, oh my God, it's today. I think it's today. And I didn't even make a second thought when they agreed. And so I go over to my dad's house and within like 10 minutes, like five minutes of time set up and do this conversation with, with him as like my first episode. And so then I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And so that was kind of the beginning.
0: Wow. And how many years ago was that?
1: Uh, that was like three, I think it was maybe three, three or four now. I can't remember three or four. And the, and the intention was just to have meaningful conversations, you know, and it kind of, when I sat down and knew I was going to do it, I, I sat down an intention similar to you. When you talked to me at the beginning, You know, my intention is to have, you know, meaningful, beautiful conversations with the world's most wise, intelligent, humble, authentic people of service to humanity and find those people talking about real things, doing real things, trying to support different masters and share their wisdom and stories and life experiences so that each and every person knows that it is completely possible to influence their reality to feel empowered, to create a connection to spirit in their own way, to uh, feel like they're not the only ones out there, you know? because right now we're very much the minority still. And then also too, as I've, it's evolved, you know, getting grounded tactics, because there's a lot of stuff out there now with uh, it can get very confusing, right? You want to create a connection with God. Well, what do you do? You go to religions? Okay, great. Do you go do yoga? Sure. Do you meditate? We don't know, but, but there is a path of, there are some things that work a little bit better. And the main thing is like you can create it in your own way. And everybody who's come on the podcast has created that connection in their own way, sometimes using tactics and techniques from religions, sometimes from maybe like a esoteric practice, sometimes from whatever the science background, but they all have their own unique connection to something greater than themselves, and it's real. And they did it in their own way, and that's what you have the right to do. We all have that right to find it. And I think there's something in the Bible... That says that basically all you need to do is be an honest seeker. That's it. Just be actually honestly seek something more and greater than yourself, a greater understanding. And and you will begin to move into that understanding. But it's not this like new model of instant gratification where you're like, okay, you know, universe, God, show me everything. Boom, all the answers to the universe. Like doesn't work like that. You're the active participant here. And so it's an unfolding, it's living fully in the mystery, you're in a mystery. And so as you begin to ask these questions and take action towards things, you're going to have greater, greater understanding of yourself, what you're capable of, what you want in life, and your connection with spirit and all things.
0: It's so interesting. It's exactly the same idea works in business. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And as I interview people who are In the spiritual world, in the wellness world, in the consciousness world, and at the same time, our entrepreneurs over, you know, I've done probably close to 50 interviews at this point. And if there's one thing I've learned is that there's not one way. Yes, you can Google and you can find a ton of courses and one, two, three, and here's how to create a business. Here's how to do this. But everyone has their own way. And we are the most powerful and aligned when we do trust that mystery and we create our own way. whether. It has to do with relationships, business, or our connection with God, universe, spirit. And, you know, I'm curious at this point, you have almost 200 episodes out. You've spoken with so many incredibly, incredibly gifted and humble people and teachers. At this point, what are your practices and rituals that help you stay in alignment
1: yeah, that's another really good question. The last few have really become more clear on what the distinctions are for people when they're living in this magical life. You know, like what are they actually doing? And I'm all about practical tools and techniques. And, you know, like I said before, like if somebody's doing like an angel reading or chakra or something or, you know, past life or whatever the case is, I will do it. I'll be like, tell me your story. That's awesome. Let me be the guinea pig and I'll just see what, how it does for me. And so, to distill the most important practices to to connect with uh, spirit or a higher force or whatever, it's actually become very, very clear over the last few weeks. The first one is you got to journal. You have to journal. And the easiest and best thing to do is uh, just start with five things that you're grateful for and five things that you'd like to call in. That's it. And, and, and ideally journal as much as you can, a journal, what you like journal, what happened that day journal, what you want to bring in as far as financial, physical, emotional, spiritual, um, what happened that day, whatever, but that is a fundamental key. And one of the things that I learned from David Lone Bear, again, who's a spiritual teacher of the Mi'kmaq, he's like, you know, in our culture, you have two spirit guides positive and a negative not to be mistaken with good and bad you have a positive and a negative because your body is the ground and you're in an electromagnetic universe so if you need to start a motor you need a positive and a negative but they're tapped into that higher space and you must either speak out loud your prayer or write it down because you're a closed spiritual system they don't know what you're thinking it's part of your spiritual free will and so you got to speak it. And so there's a few people, you know, over and over that like, yeah, man, I just journal and I figure out what I want and I write it down and I just keep moving towards it. and it begins more uncovered and more uncovered. So that's you got to you got to journal, you got to write it down and be grateful. So that's one of the things that I definitely do. And then, you know, intention, you know, d- which is essentially continuation of journaling, but you know, having your intention, but also to, you know, I have had a lot of practice and things that I might take for granted. So, you know, I spent, you know, years doing meditation, but you don't need to do years of meditation. All you actually have to get to, it's like riding a bicycle. And this is my perception. You can meditate (laughs) your ass off, which I have. I've meditated my ass off. I spent months in koala habitat, reading, writing, meditating hours a day in the forest. It was, it was cool. But all you actually need to do is you need to get to the point where you can clear your mind. Where the way that I put it is like your mind can be like a nice shiny, you know, ball of marble and then a thought comes in and it's like honey and then it hits that, you know, brain and then it fires off and then all of a sudden you have no control because this honey is like stuck there. And so then the emotion happens. So like give you an example. You're driving in traffic, somebody cuts you off, you have this thought, then you get all angry, right? That's 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 the honey sticking. That's the the neurology of your brain. But when you meditate, you realize that you can just wipe that honey off and then you don't have to react. You have a choice. There's a space. And so it's a fundamental shift in consciousness. And that's it. You just need to be aware like, oh, just because this happened does not mean I need to react right. in the way that's my initial reaction so one of the practices i've had for years was meditation now i do a different candle meditation and so i just experiment with different things you know you can play a mute you know now i'm playing more flute because i got gifted a flute so but what i would say the consistent thing is for me is like over my life if i was going to give it to someone is what do you want to learn what are you passionate about and do something that helps you expand so martial arts it's infinite. You know, I've been practicing martial arts my whole life. You can never master it. If you're an artist, you can never master it. That counts. You can play music. You can never master it. I like snowboarding. It makes me fully present. You can never master it. You can do dance. And so all of those things, I would just find those things, those passions for you. So I guess a daily practice would be, I stay in a passion and and take care of my body in some way. And so you don't have to go to the gym. You could run, uh, but figure out something that keeps you active because you got to take
0: care of the body as well. So does that answer your question? Yeah, totally. You know, I'm big on the power of intention and ritual. And the more I speak about it, I just gave a talk this past weekend at Well Summit. And the more I really line up all the different projects I have going on, I realized that the common thread is ritual. And for me, the common thread of all ritual is intention. It's that creating the space to dedicate our energy to something bigger than our ego, getting clear on what we want to call in, being grateful, being connected, and I think it's just such a powerful thing. And, you know, with my platform, Breakfast Criminals, I talk about the power of morning rituals and how you wake, start your days, how you live your life, and how really those first waking moments affect and impact your whole life. And I believe in it. And then when I talk about, you know, I have a whole seven step ritual of things that I personally do. But if I had to pick one that any human can do any single day to feel more empowered, feel more connected, it's definitely intention because if we take that sacred moment to set an intention of how we want to feel, what we want to create, what we want to connect to that day, the universe just, just provides the opportunity for us to get it. It provides the opportunity. It doesn't put in our plate, but it gives us those universal winks like you, Matt, said. And then it's up to us whether we're going to grab it or not. And I love that you we're on the same page about the intention.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good. Good feedback. And, you know, most successful people that I know are really successful people, you know, there's sometimes like a there's layers of understanding. And Zen they say there's not so many universal truths. It's just like the deepening of understanding. And so even in sharing that, what I'm understanding is that, you know, a lot of very successful people, they don't touch their phone for the first hour. So you can think about person one and they wake up, their alarm goes off, they jump out of bed, they go make coffee. They start to stress about the day, you know what I mean? They get the car to go to work and they're stressed and they get to work and they start to do their tasks and, and then go through the day. They get their little lunch break and they're out and then they're finished and they go home and they watch a bit of TV and they go to bed and every now and then they have like some sort of like fun on the weekends or connect with people or whatever. And what happens is though, they're running that pattern and they can't get out of it. You feel trapped. And what, what a fundamental thing here is that wake up and give yourself some space for you to think. And so many people don't have that. And it's absolutely crucial to give yourself that space to think, to wake up, just to think, to set, you you know, there's uh, the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. I have savers, was it silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading,
0: right, yeah, and exactly. something else. Um,
1: but you know, that's, that's one idea. Ritual is important. Right. And so it doesn't matter. You could take all of those. You could take some of those. But the thing is a bit of space, bit of journaling, a bit of prayer. What are you calling in? What do you love in life right now? What do you hate? And you're right. It's like, cool. You have the power to change that or shift or influence, but you've got to give yourself that bit of space. And if you don't, you're going to feel like a, you know, a hamster on a treadmill. And so it's crucial to give yourself that space.
0: Right. And, and the thing I've also found out is I was on a miracle morning routine kick for a couple of months every single morning. And I really loved it. And I got a lot of people in my breakfast formals community turned on to the book and, and the technique. And then I just, I started falling off. I noticed a lot of people were falling off. And first I was making myself really wrong for it. And then instead of making myself wrong, I just looked at what am I actually doing? Every single morning? How am I spending my time? And I realized that I actually do a lot of different things that are so habitual and natural to me that I didn't realize I'm doing my own version of a morning miracle morning every single day. You know, I wake up, I do oil pulling, I brush my teeth, I put some cold water on my face, I clean up. That's just what makes me happy. Some days I do a little bit of movement. There's always meditation and intention setting, and there's always making my superfood latte and setting intention with it. So I have those steps. I just didn't even consider that. So I think it's important to take what different teachers and authors offer us and then back to just making it our own and tuning into our own bodies and seeing what works.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's such a good point. You know, one of my main influencers was Bruce Lee. You know, when I started martial arts, he was obviously a massive influence. Most people don't know that he actually has a degree in philosophy as well. So really, really brilliant all the way around. And, you know, Jeet Kune Do, which is his martial art, is essentially taking what works for you and disregarding what doesn't. So just because this technique works for me doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for you. And that's kind of how I've lived my life. You know, like there's certain principles and practices that can work for multiple people. Some people love Wim Hof breathing. That's their thing. Some people love morning meditation. Some people, even groups of Zen Zen. I don't know, ideologies or philosophies, they don't even use meditation in their philosophy. So literally just sample it, think about it and see what kind of result you get and just make it your own and, and really honor your own experience. But what are you trying to get out of it? You know, what are you, what are you trying to do? And so, you know, it's trying to connect, you know, and improve your life to connect in a way that's meaningful for you. So just always honor your own guidance and feel free to always be open to experimenting and listening to people's point of view and seeking understanding. And then, you know, it might work in like the thing, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's like, yeah, I did transcendental meditation for every day for a year, changed my life. I've never done it since. And that's kind of, you know, and that's kind of my idea of the learning the, you know, to wipe off the honey of your, of the bowling ball type of deal in your mind. Right, he just knows that now. Right, and it's like cool. Some people will say meditation is a form of a form of torture, and I and I see that, and I was like, okay, I totally get that too. And so even the Native American way, um, they're just like, you know. The first part of meditation, I'm reading a book called Mad Bear right now about a Native American medicine man. And, you know, he goes to this higher consciousness thing and they ask, what's the Native American view on meditation? He's like, well, the first step to us, because they're forcing them to talk about steps, he's like, oh my goodness. (laughs) He's like, well, the first step for us is making sure you're not harming your mother, you know, being mindful of your mother earth. And that's step one. Step two is giving thanks. You know, when you eat and you're going around, you know, giving thanks the step three is being present. You know, when the sunset is there, my sister was talking about this thing where she's like, yeah, I was at um, Shambhala and someone's like, oh, do you want to meditate during sunset? She's like, no, like I want to look at the sunset. And like you could, and I get meditation. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that there's different ideas and just honor your own guidance and your own experimentation and your own learning, right? Your own failures, your own experiences. And, and that's really the key.
0: So much. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I've also gone the route of going to India and studying meditation and all the things and some weeks go by and I don't meditate at all. But then there's this newness when I come back to my practice and it feels so exciting. So I think as long as our practice doesn't become this stale routine thing and we just keep moving and expanding and listening to where we're being guided. You know, I just spoke to a friend right before this and she there was this Instagram ad that she saw, that said astrology training. And she's like, oh yeah, one day I want to do this. And then she put her phone away. And later that day, something inside of her, this voice, just said, go on this woman woman's website and check out her astrology program. And she did. And she goes on the about page, and on that page is picture of my friend getting a consultation from the woman. And at first, she's like, am I making this up? Does this woman just really look like me? And then turned out that she had gotten a session with her at some event that she forgot about. And I mean, could you, could she have gotten any clearer sign that she was actually meant to study with this woman in astrology right now? I and mean, it's just trippy. Like once we listen to those hits, intuitive hits that make no sense, and the more in flow, the more aligned we are, and it's just such magic. So crazy. So speaking of magic, we've spoken, you know, about so many exciting things and anyone who knows your work and is listening is probably like, well, this sounds like total dream life. One day you're cuddling with koalas. Another day you're hanging out with Native Americans and and then you're buying free ice cream for people (laughs) and, and changing their lives. It sounds amazing. And what I'm curious about is what really how Woke and Wired Conversation is different is we talk not only about the spiritual and consciousness practices, but also how do you also exist in the world? How do you create success? And and how do you make money? And what is your relationship with money? And what is your mindset and all of that? So at what point did you find the alignment that allowed you to also make money while doing all the things that you love?
1: Oh, okay. Well, there's a lot there <laughs> for me personally. Okay. So the first time that you know I wanted to do the big travel, I was a snowboard bum in Whistler. And I knew that I wanted to meditate with monks. I knew I wanted to do all these different things. And I was super broke. And so I was trying to figure out how to make money. So I was like, okay, I need to save up money. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. Then I saw my buddy say something like, hey, who wants to make lots of money selling cars? And I was like, I love cars. Like, I'll go try that. And so I had to work a summer to, to save up money. To go traveling to do a big six and a half seven month travel, and so that was the first thing that I did. So I worked for it. So I think that there's a very important real sure. element of you got to work for what you want. Um, you know, that's that's super key. So I did that, saved up about <laughs> twenty grand, and I've always said once I have twenty grand, I'm retired. And I've tried that a few times and I've (laughs) kind of come back to work. But the other thing too, like even when I was snowboarding in Whistler, like I knew I just wanted to snowboard every single day. That was freedom for me. That was like exactly what I wanted to do. And I became a snowboard coach. And so the first year I had to teach sometimes beginners, but mostly good lessons. Second year, I worked less and taught more freestyle, more park. So I, I was just getting paid for what I loved. The third year I was only teaching park and working privately. And so you work towards that life, but you know, Alan Watts says, do what you love to do or no, was he say, um, yeah, do what you would do. If money didn't matter, do that first and then figure out the rest later. And that's kind of what I've been doing, you know? So I got to snowboard 150 days a year and figured it out. So I did the thing that was most important. So then after that I came back and I was broke again, I spent all my money. My buddy's like, we need help in cars again. I was like, Oh my God, I don't want to do that. But he's my friend and and I did it. And then I, I always I study internet marketing, so I figured like when I traveled that if I could make two grand on the internet a month, and that was like back in the day, that I could be anywhere in the world. And so I've been studying internet marketing and marketing for a long time, as well as persuasion and and all those different things. So after that, I was able to get a few marketing contracts here and there. But for me, I'm like, I want to do the thing that I want to do the most. I want to snowboard or I want to travel the world or I want to be learning or I want to be training. And if I have enough money to do that, I am sweet. So for a few years, it was like a little bit of marketing, a little bit of coaching, things like that. And for the last three years, I've been doing the podcast and um, I took out a big loan. So I chewed through that really good. And uh, but the interesting thing is like, I always seem to have enough to get where I need to go and to do what I need to do. And I just jump all in. Now, I wouldn't (laughs) recommend doing it my way exactly. I'm probably a little bit unbalanced to be perfectly square. I'm just like, I was in the summer. I knew I needed to go study with the Native American elder and I had five grand on my credit card and in this this like $28,000 loan, that was all chewed up like last year and I'm just paying the payments on it. But I was like, I need to go see this elder. So I got up to 4,800 bucks on the last thing that I can make money on and I'm in the States. And uh, then I get like two long-term clients. And I only take a few personal clients because people are like, oh, well, why don't you just coach more and try that? Because I can't do the podcast if I do that. The podcast takes like 40, at least 40 hours a week, (laughs) if not 60. And that's my highest joy. And I can eat sandwiches. So I don't like, I don't know what the word is, like compromise. I'm like, if I can do my highest thing, which I know is the highest service, I'd rather bust those out than, you know, which might not be the best way to do it, to go stack up my bank with coaching or whatever. I just want enough coaching so I can do the thing that's my highest joy, which is the podcast or it's snowboarding or it's traveling or it's one of those things. So anyway, um, I got a few clients and then paid off that. (laughs) So the long, short answer is I have no idea what I'm doing at all. I am just literally trying my best and I and I go all in and I ask for help and I always get it. It always works somehow. But you're going to find a way to figure it out if you move towards your highest joy. Most people are in the other way where they're like, oh, when I save all this money, then I'll do that thing. I'm the polar opposite. So money has always been pretty friggin' unbalanced. But now... You know, my, my podcast gets over 5 million minutes a month listened. Crazy. Yeah, it doesn't get the highest views because they're longer. People have shorter attention spans, and I, I understand that. Even when I see something that's 90 minutes, I'm pretty resistant. But, you know, so about 5 million minutes plus a month listened. And, you know, now only Patreon's giving me a little bit. Over the last three years, I'm starting to get like 500 bucks a month. And now I have a couple more coaching clients, so it's starting to kind of balance out, but it's taken this long Mm -hmm. and I'm still massively (laughs) in debt. So the short story is I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> but I think that you can figure it out and if I wanted to go make money, I could go into cars if I wanted to focus on money in different ways, I would figure it out you'll figure it out but I don't want to compromise because I know what my mission is I know what my purpose is I know what's aligned for me and if I stay within that alignment, I'm always taken care of and so so yeah, just trust yourself you'll figure it out and there's nothing wrong like if I could be a server you know at one point I was like a server and then snowboarding right? okay, I'll serve four days a week. I got enough money. Then I'm going to snowboard or I'm going to work on my passion or I'm going to work on my art. You know, like you could be when you're in Whistler, a lot of people just work in the kitchen. They get a free pass and they snowboard all day. So you can figure out how to do your passion first, but it does come with a ton of sacrifice. I had to sell my car. I had to put, I put everything first. People don't understand the level of sacrifice it takes to follow your dreams sometimes, you know, and I've sacrificed literally everything many times you know, I was on it. Someone's like, Oh, you're, you're doing great now. You know, well, they, I, there was something that happened. I don't know. The like I had a perception that for whatever my views are having a top podcast, like I had money. I was like, bro, you notice that bicycle in the picture. That's, that's my car right now, man. I on a bicycle. I, I have to, I have to bicycle an hour to train two hours of martial arts with a native American elder and bike my ass home. And most of the time it was freaking raining. It, you know, a lot of it was hard and it sucked. But I know, like this is for me, like at this point in time, it couldn't be more aligned, you know. And I know that that's a, a, that feeling in there. So I'm not saying whoa it was me. I'm saying thank you for this bike. Thank you for this opportunity to train with this person, right? But sometimes I totally bitched about it. And but but (laughs) so, you know, it's not perfect, but it's like, okay, cool. Like, what are you grateful for? You know, I'm grateful that my legs work, that I can, I'm grateful that I'm young and youthful. I can bike my butt an hour. It's like, awesome. You know, but what I also know, and I've always known this, that I'm going to be really wealthy and I don't know when, but I'm building this, this thing that I've built on bricks of my passion. You know, this isn't really work to me. And so when it does turn on, and it will, it will turn on massively. But people will forget about all that like pain in the ass it was to get there. Three years of like sacrifice and all in and blah, blah, blah. So I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later, but you can always figure it out. So I, I don't know if that in any way <laughs> answers your question. <laughs>
0: Gosh, so many things. So first of all, I, I resonate with so many things you're saying. It's insane. The first one is I also – there's just this, when, when I have this deep knowing inside of me about something, it just always happens. And I also have this super deep knowing that one day I'm going to be super wealthy. And there's part of me that is just like you. I always know that if I really want something, I'm going to figure out a way to do it and get it. remember when I was young, I, when I was 16, I started selling makeup, tutoring, doing photography And mystery shopping all at once on the weekends outside of school, just so that I could make more money and I could travel more. And I would go on these different student trips in Italy and in Turkey and in the Netherlands. And that was my joy in life. That was like my biggest thing. I wanted to make money so I could travel and explore the world. And then as I started getting older, I would find and meet people. Some of them would become mentors that would just offer me trips They would be like, hey, I'm going to Belgium and I need someone who speaks English. Will you come with me? I'll pay for everything. Just things like that, that I couldn't even have dreamed up. And then now that I have created a name for myself as a blogger and a journalist who talks about expanding your consciousness and transformational experiences, I actually have been able to insert myself and make a, a way for myself to go on different experiences and retreats, either as an assistant or for free, or like at, at a super discounted rate. So like it's any anything is possible. Anything we put our mind to. And you know the amazing reminder that Matt you just did is it doesn't matter whether you're making millions of dollars or not. Success success really is about feeling aligned and about being on our own path. And it's not always measured in scaling and monetizing and you know, even for me, when I think about, oh, a million downloads, like for me, or like a million YouTube subscribers, when I think about those things for myself, and where I want to be when I get there, I'm like, oh, I'll have everything by then. I'll be set. That's it. I'll be set, you know, because I can charge so much for speaking engagements and for different other things I offer. But at the same time, it's always work in progress. And all that matters is is staying aligned, and just trusting and being present and being kind. And it's okay if you're not scaling. And I'm saying this to myself and anyone listening, it's okay if we're not scaling as fast as like Tim Ferriss might be telling us we should. It's as long as we're trusting that wiser voice within and with us and stay on our own path, instead of trying to recreate someone else's path, we're good. We're taken care of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, That could be a whole topic and and you could really dive deep on that forever because really what it is is the path of materialism. And if you look at, you know, the process and the path to self-realization, you have to get over materialism. It's, you know, that's it's root. It's a part of it to get into spiritual. And so you have to sacrifice it. It's it's a part of it. So, you know, it's like, where are your priorities? What is success? So I am so successful to me. And that's all that matters. Now, You know, if I'm driving a Range Rover, which I want, because I think Range Rovers are dope and I like cars, you know, but that's a bonus, man. You know what? I get way more fun on my skateboard and snowboarding down the mountain, like, like that's alignment. And so you got to look at, you know, you're alive. What do you want to experience? What do you want to learn? What do you want to do? What's your bucket list? I was trying to recreate my bucket list. I've already dinged out, like uh, I'm done most of it, you know? You know, it's just like, now there's going to be more epic stuff to be done. I got a few things where I'm like, oh man, I've, I've hit that. And so, you know, you just figure out what is success for you, but what's happening is it's just very one-sided where we're shifted to material gain and acquisition and scaling and 10 X and all, and all of that is horse shit. Like, yes, you want to be successful in business because what do you want? You want a roof over your head and you want to go eat food. Great. But who gives a shit? You are alive in the greatest mystery of like ever that we could possibly imagine. You have all of the power within you to experience things that only you can create in your mind that are completely magical. And you want to tell me about how you want to make more money in your bank account so you can you know, get a better drink and a better car and a better suit. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? There's no real fulfillment there. And so you got to get past that. Now, what is real is that we live in this world and it's paying the butt and we need money to pay bills. But the thing is, we're so 95% on the acquisition and the scaling, rather than that, at least if you went 50-50 with it, 50% of my energy is going to be at scaling, it's going to be at stability, it's going to be at acquisition, it's going to be at growth. 50% is going to be who am I, what is success to me, what do I want to experience in life, what am I passionate about, what's the most fun to me, what's important to me, what are my values. And right there you can have both right and even if you want to do 70/30 or 80/20 in the in, in the favor of materialism that's what that 20% is way more than most people are giving you know and so and the thing is too you know some of the things I do a couple experiences for people one of them is the the heart journey hypnosis where i hypnotize you into your heart and i've done this with you know Multi-millionaires, athletes, uh, people who are hippies, you know everything in between. Everybody wants the same thing when you're hypnotizing your heart because your conscious intellect, your consciousness, its number one goal is to survive. For us to survive, we need to eat. For us to eat, we need to make money. So that's why the material is so important because we're, we're constantly in this fear of death. Literally, that's what it boils down to. And so we're on this stressful cycle. But your heart knows it's eternal. And everybody's heart wants the exact same thing. They want to live a simple life. They want to be in nature. They want to be around good people. They want to grow and expand in the ways that they're curious in different avenues, sports, music, art, whatever. And they want to be of service to their community. That's it. And so when when we get really closer on our, what is most valuable and important to us? And then, okay, cool. How do we build around that? But don't put the other thing first because well, you can, but you're only going to get to a certain level. You must, you know, if you want to level up and get past the world of materialism into self-realization, you got to figure out who yourself is. Who are you? You know, and only you can answer that. Right. And so you start that acquisition or inquisition within yourself. And so um, that's my rant. So it's it's both worlds, you know, it's it's both, but we're we just, we're really one-sided on the material. Damn.
0: Hallelujah. To everything you said, scaling, being horse shit, universal <laughs> mystery.
1: yeah i go i can imagine going on uh what's that grant cardone 10x is bullshit grant (laughs) like whatever man you're poor i'm like (laughs) square we're very different
0: (laughs) Hey, I'm going to make a quote out of this and, and we're going to make it go viral. <laughs> oh,
1: God. I, no, that's a good dude, but yeah, you need, you need wealth to have impact and wealth is good and we can come into abundance mindset. So to be clear, like, that's not what I'm saying. Don't, you know, you should want abundance, but you know, get clear on what it is that you want. What are you doing? You know, what is meaningful to you?
0: Don't make that the end point, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. What is it? What is important to you? And, you know, the other one I was going to say is like a shamanic death ritual. I've had two near death experiences, yeah. two, three, two at least, more slightly near death experiences. But the last one, you know, I was with the girlfriend I had at the time. And I'll give you a long story short, we got caught in sedona on bell rock and we went up the wrong way and all of a sudden i made a wrong move and i had to help her up because she's shorter than me um so i perched her up and then i did something and then the rock face is really there's no grip and so i almost (laughs) i was like oh god i just messed up and i was in a very very bad spot and i look and i and i was like and i almost made a move because out of fear and if i did i might have died and I was like, okay, I have to literally slide my foot down as this leap of faith. So I have to go through this process. And basically my body shakes because it's like, you might die right now. And I was like, oh, shit. So I went through that process and you know, we got down safely. It was super sketchy. We would have fallen basically like 15 feet to a super steep yeah. angle and then off the edge of a cliff to like 20 feet. So surviving was unlikely. But anyway, so when that happened... I asked her, I was like, hey, like, you know, what did you think? Like, did you go through your death? Cause I sure did. She's like, yeah, I did. And I was like, I was like, well, like, what did you think? She's like, well, I wish I did a lot of things. And I was like, yeah, cool. She's like, what did you think? And I was like, I guess my work is done. And that was the honest thought that went through my head. And I was like, that is awesome. Only because I'm listening to that little voice, not because I'm special. It's not easy. It's the hardest thing, but I'm figuring out. I'm constantly inquiring what's meaningful to me. What do I want to learn? What am I passionate about? What do I want to experience and how can I help? And that's the best. That's, that's all I can do, you know? And so I know that if I'm in alignment and so when, when I was going to eat it, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I guess this is it. Like I tried my best. Like, that's all I can say. I, I tried my best. And so, if we go through that and, and people, if they want to reach out, I can make them a recording. I still got to make it. So, if somebody reaches out, I'll definitely make you one. But take people through that and you go through your death experience. And what that does is it may, number one, makes you realize you're eternal. Number two, that you could die. You could die at any moment. We seem to forget that. And then we can reprioritize. And that's why people have awakenings when they're going to die because they're like, oh my God. What was I doing, right? What is most important to you? Do those things first. Figure out what your priorities are. Make sure you are putting energy in those buckets. Doesn't mean to disregard abundance and growth and ten xing. You know, be smart. You know, be abundant. Have a great abundance mindset. Scale your business. Make tons of money. Make tons of impact. That's all great. Um, just don't put that over your values, over what you want to do in life, over what's most important to you. And you know, when you get in a full alignment, you are going to get both, and that's great. That's that's the highest form.
0: Yes. Something I've been getting really clear on is whenever someone asks me whether it's a business coach or a mentor or spiritual teacher, what do you want to do? What's important to you? I always say speaking, making an impact, using YouTube to really share all the incredible things that I've, I've been learning in my life and people I've been connected to. And then when I look at my daily actions, I get super clear that my actions are still not aligned with the things that I say are most important to me. And suddenly just becomes so clear when we get honest with ourselves and such an amazing reminder, Matt, what is the best way for everyone to connect with you?
1: Yes. So I was just going to say that's a, yeah, it's a good reflection, you know, and there could be like a time, right? So maybe you got to put like, I had to work in cars for six months, you know, that sucked, but I knew where I was going, you know what I mean? So it's going to be a sacrifice. So just be aware, just bring consciousness into every decision and intention. Um, But you can get a hold of me. Matt is my email, M-A-T-T at zenathlete.com and com. You're going to find all my stuff over there trying to figure everything out, you know, on that sense. And, you know, the the Zen Athlete I wrote because I want to teach peak performance to kids and it's basically self-mastery. You know, I disguise it as peak performance and these are all the best tools that I've learned in consciousness, self-discovery and everything. And it could be Zen music or Zen life. It really is all the same. It's the elements to pick a goal that's heart-centered, best strategies for achieving that goal, and then how to do it from a state of fulfillment from where you are. And so it's all my research in simple, easy ways to apply that. And, you know, we could disguise that right into all schools, youth organizations right now, but anybody would get value from, from those tools because I'm a researcher of tools and processes that work. And you know, I've worked with some of the best, you know, some incredible athletes and, and been in those spaces. So as far as like, Peak performance, biohacking, all that stuff. I could go, you know, and, and be comfortable in any of those environments, you know. But it, once you get to those things, it's beyond that, right? That's that's a level. Like it's a part of it, but it's there's so there's so much a, a deeper richness to life beyond you know my biohacking which is great i do those bio i do kettlebell swings i figure that out you know i do those things but you know being a kind person is more important than you know if i got the right supplements and if you want to learn about the supplements do that too there's there's no wrong it's just we got to we got to put some time and attention on our own inquisition onto really, really what's what's important in life. Who are you? What do you want to do? What are your values? What are you passionate about? So I kind of like I can talk about all that stuff, but I focus on this because I don't know why no one's talking about it. It's like the most fundamental
0: thing. Mm, So good. Matt, thank you so much. What an incredible conversation. I am so reaffirmed on so many things. I intuitively was drawn to and I'm so grateful you took the time to connect and stoked to share this conversation with everyone and Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a privilege. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That heart journey experience that I talked about is basically hypnosis into your heart to figure out what's your life purpose. Now, your life purpose isn't one thing. It's like a direction, right? We we just know a direction. We don't know the actual thing because it's always unfolding. It's always changing. So if people want that, just send me an email, Matt at Zen Athlete, and then just put like a Woken Wired and I'll send you that for free. You can have it as a gift. and And basically what it do is it just helps get you into alignment of what direction you wanna go into your life, but it removes the consciousness, which is the thing that, analyzes threats so it's just like oh well you want to be an artist well artists don't make any money and i'm not going to let you kill me so how about we do this instead you know and the heart's like yes this is who you are you know go full on i know you're eternal so what it does is just kind of quiets that that conscious mind for a minute so your heart can kind of just give you a clear vision so if people want to experience that they just need to send me an email and i'm happy to gift it because for me and what i've looked at it's one of the best most efficient tools helping people get really aligned with what's what's meaningful for them right now in a very fast process. So I'm happy to gift that. So that's the last thing I'll say. And then, you know, I really encourage people to do the kindness challenge, you know, tra- tag three friends in it, see if they'll do it. But just do three kinds of acts a day. Go out of your way to do it. Don't tell anyone. Now you can say, give an example. That's not bad <laughs> saying, oh yeah, no, this is one of the examples. But the idea is you don't go around bragging about it because obviously that defeats the purpose. But, you know, try that. Three kind of acts a day. Go out of your way to do it for a week and, and see what happens. And that to me is spiritual mastery right there. doesn't matter what you believe, what you're thinking, where your business is at, how many books you've read, how much you meditated that day you're walking the path of a spiritual master. And like I said, it could be getting someone's name, holding a door open, picking up a piece of trash, any of those things. So that would be it. Just uh, have an amazing day and an amazing life. And I appreciate.
0: And if you guys are moved by any part of this conversation, uh, take a screenshot of the podcast and share it on your Instagram stories and tag at WokenWired and at Matt, M-A-T-T, Belair, B-E-L-A-I-R. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at Woke Stay woke, stay wired and have an incredible day.